Welcome to another episode of Latinos Who Thrive. I am your host and producer, Victor Escalante. Today we have as a guest, Dr. Melanie Rodriguez, who is a leadership coach. And she's going to tell us what are the keys for personal empowerment in corporate America and in running your business. She has been where you are and lived to tell about it. So you don't have to suffer with years of frustration and being ignored by the powers to be. So let's get started. We now have Dr. Melanie Rodriguez uh, with us. So welcome to our show, Dr. Rodriguez. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the field that you're in? Sure. So I am a talent management specialist, I would call myself. So I do leadership development, leadership coaching. I have worked um, in a number of sectors. I've kind of worked through my way through corporate over the last 18 years um, and have started an independent practice a few years ago, Elevate Latinas. Um, having worked with a number of different companies, I really saw the need for a focus around understanding what Latinas in leadership really looks like and being able to have conversations more directly with Latinas across the um, country and really thinking about what life looks like in corporate America. Everything from um, how we show up, how our culture really influences things like how we make decisions, how we network, all of those things, um, and really having practical conversations with people in what, you know, what this really looks like. So I love working with people. And I think that, you know, we have a lot of opportunity, especially given today's environment around what the Latino leadership pipeline looks like, what society is going through, all of the things that are um, the focus on inclusion and, and diversity within leadership pipelines. We all, there's so much opportunity for growth. You've right said now. a mouthful. <laughs> so let me, <laughs> let me break it down. So what does that mean to see a lot of opportunity in the pipeline for Latinos? What exactly does that mean? That's a good question. So breaking that down, I think that there's so if you think about the number, the way that society is changing, right, you've seen there is data that shows that the U.S. population is significantly shifting to include more Hispanics and Latinos within the U.S. population. That means more Latinos in universities. That means more, univer uh, more Latinos within the corporate environment and opportunity for Latinos to continue to grow in through what the leadership pipeline looks like through development into supervisor roles, into management roles, et cetera. Yeah. So well, Dr. Rice, I'm sure you're familiar with him, uh, mm -hmm. the uh, sociologist from Rice University. He mm -hmm. says that as Texas goes, so goes the country. That's the Absolutely. good news. That's the bad news because Latinos, as Houston is predominantly Latinos, Latinos don't earn enough to sustain the tax base for all of the infrastructure that the state needs. And so it is incumbent upon Latinos and corporate America to form a partnership to begin to uh, put into the pipeline professional Latinos education and programs for inclusion in order to supplement all of the boomers that are dying, they're retiring. Or both, because we're going to be left with a tax base Absolutely. that is non-existent. Now, Absolutely, I agree with you a thousand percent. Talk to us about the, what I think you know is happening in corporate America 
and those listening to us what they need to be aware of and what they should be actively doing in order to position themselves for greater roles of leadership? Thank you for the question. So a couple of things. Um, one, I mentioned earlier that companies and society in general, they, the conversation is shifting about how we talk about inclusion, how we talk about diversity, how we talk about equity, all the things, right? Companies are looking more at their metrics on how they're hiring and promoting people into different roles. I think one of the things that is critical for people who come into those roles, specifically Latinos, especially um, because I have a vested interest, um, but just in general, um, to your point, the conversation doesn't shift unless the people being hired into those roles shift the conversation. What I mean by that is when people become selected into um, hired into positions or promoted into different positions, um, they need to be able to use their voice authentically in the roles that they are uh, brought into. When you are put into those positions and you have you speak the same tone or you have the same conversation as the person that was there before you, it doesn't change the conversation that's being had at the table. So what that means for me and how I approach leadership development and thinking about coaching and, and helping people, um, you know, have these conversations, it's really more about how do I show up in ways that are authentic to me, like make me feel comfortable in the role that I'm going into and still be able to do the things that are seen as um, strong leadership traits. It could be sitting at the table and making sure that you are um, discussing the points that you feel are important for your team, right? So a lot of times, you know, go into these roles, they're selected and because they're really good technically at what they do because we work hard, you know that. But then they go into these meetings where they feel like people uh, around them are smarter or more important or lo que sea, and they don't necessarily speak up within those meetings. So how it is about making sure that you feel prepared within those meetings in order to speak up in those roles, right? And that's where we get have in, your voice at the table and be loud. Yeah. yeah. And that's where we get into the imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Do you think Absolutely. Latinos do, suffer do. from a chronic, chronic uh, uh, emphasis on imposter syndrome? I do. I do think it, uh, we, imposter syndrome is, is huge within the Latino community, within spe specifically within women in general, of course. Um, and it shows up in a lot of different ways, right? It could be that I have, you know, perfectionist, I have to know everything before I can speak up. It could be, I want to be involved in everything. So I want to spread myself real thin, but then you're not really doing enough of everything. You know, it shows up in a lot of different ways for people. Absolutely. Um, so, of that, so. so let me backtrack. So own mm -hmm. up your intellectual capital. If you have the yep. education, if you have the experience, own it and use it, voice it, yeah. right? voice absolutely absolutely uh, the other thing that you mentioned was to uh to be a part of the conversation to lead the direction of the team the company mm -hmm. the culture uh how do you do that specifically so i think the other piece is around being really intentional about um, your network, right? How are, how are you sharing your voice? Where are you sharing your voice? Who are you getting on your team, um, on your side? And how are you really creating relationships and connections with the people around you, right? So 
tend to be a very collaborative, community-oriented yes. culture, right? We like people. We like to hang out at the loteria table. We like to, you know, hang out at dinner. Um, but if that, if you do that unintentionally, it can come off as uh, it can be perceived as just hanging out and not socializing and not doing work, right? Um, but if you are really intentional about what that looks like and purposeful, should I say, about how you create connections, how you are approaching relationships you create with people from a takeaway, right? What are you bringing to the table in addition to what can I gain from these different relationships that I'm creating? Um, and just being really thoughtful about who's in the different spheres for, of your network. When I think about networking, I think about it in three different ways. The first one is very operational. Like, who do I need to know in order to get the job done, right? Like this person does the accounting and this person, I know this person in marketing, creating that network. The other piece is around understanding kind of what your social or your community looks like. So these are the people that you like vent to when you're frustrated or you need go to for advice, um, like mentors and things like that to help you understand how to do your job, how to set up your positioning, all of those things. And then the last kind of sphere of my network, I really think about being more strategic and more long-term. So um, who is going to help me get to the next level of my career or who's going to help me to take this project to the next level um, in really thinking broader and bigger picture. And so being very smart about who you're identifying, knowing um, how you're valuing each individual and like how you're leveraging them and how you're um, bringing yourself to the table so other people can take advantage um, of what you bring to the table as well. So now you're getting into social capital is cultivating yeah. it and using your social capital mm -hmm. wisely. <laughs> Know who, to, know who to and turn purposely. to. Yeah, know yeah. who to turn to and know who not to broach certain topics. That, yeah. that if they don't know you, they're going to misinterpret you or view you as a rebel or black label you with some other stereotype that, mm -hmm. again, does not advance your career or, or the goals mm -hmm. of your team. Yeah, absolutely. And when you think about those things, it's It is who can you leverage for X, Y, and Z, but it's also thinking about yourself as capital and who can who would benefit from me so that I can put myself out there and create that um, perception of myself as the go-to person for strategic thinking in whatever area that I'm focusing on. So that takes uh, awareness to know what you bring to the table. A clear, Absolutely. definitive awareness of what your value is to individuals as well as the team and, and the culture of the company. Yeah. And I think that that's another hard thing for Latinos, right? Being this self-awareness around what I bring to the table can be hard for people. Not everybody, but it can be hard because we are um, we're raised to be very humble in how we approach things, right? No says muy creído, right? Um, I was going to stay away from this, but I'm going to go into it since you brought it up. Okay. <laughs> Now, yeah. African-Americans have done a better job of this in corporate America than Latinos. Yes, I would agree. Okay. So what do you think Latinos need to do in order to model the advances that African-Americans have made in corporate America? 
Sure. So I think that there's a, a, a few things, but one of the things that I would add to the list is, uh, or make sure that we call out is bringing people along the way. Um, because we, um, th- there is a community of doing for myself in some sense. And so, um, and thinking that there's not enough to go around in this environment that we're in, we have such an opportunity to bring people along with us and to advocate for others within our community. I think the African-American community has done a really good job of creating spaces where they are um, growing together as a community. And I think the Latinos have a really big opportunity to do that. And it's starting to work um, or it's starting to happen within things like Latino ERGs, employee resource groups, right? So if you have an employee network in the organization that is focusing on things like career development or community building or whatever, helping to grow some of those things or being involved in those environments, I think is really good. Also being able to, as you get promoted into different roles, look for opportunities to bring others along with you or advocate for others for work on projects or um, positions in, in different teams, whatever that might look like, just making sure that we're creating that community within ourselves to bring each other along. Dr. Rodriguez, you are very articulate in explaining this complex uh, process. It's a uh, human development process that Latinos need to go through. In your own personal experience, did you struggle with this and had to learn it firsthand in order to teach it? I worked in corporate in um, a very white male-dominated industry for a long time. And being often the only person of color being very often the only woman in the room, it was always a challenge, right? So um, when I was going through corporate, not being able to look up and see people um, who were reflective of what I wanted to be was really hard, right? There's not a lot of people of color in um, the energy industry in higher level positions, even at the moment. Um, So I think becoming those people making sure that you're advocating for the people that are around you um, is super important. And and it took a long time for me to um, feel comfortable in reaching out for help. Cause I think that that's another, another imposter syndrome thing is if I can't do it by myself, then I'm not worthy. But the reality is every good leader has a circle of network of people that help them along the way. So asking for help, is a strategic thing to do. Asking for help is how you learn how to delegate, how do you how you learn how to build trust, how you learn how to build relationships with people and how you really grow your own um, reputation for being the kind of leader that people want to work for. And who you can trust. If people are open to helping you, you know that you can develop a uh, bond that can uh, be mutually beneficial for years to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Rodriguez, uh, other than the academic experience, uh, what else has influenced your mindset and your skill set in creating this uh, particular niche of of training for Latinas? Uh, Now, you focus primarily on Latinas, uh, so I'm sure that is near and dear to your heart. So other kinds of uh, resources have you acquired along the way? So I am, I'm definitely a self-proclaimed nerd, right? I love to read. I love to um, 
go out and just understand videos, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. I think that hearing other people's perspectives gives me the opportunity to just think about it from my own lens. Because what I have realized is that there's a lot of information out there on leadership, right? When you think about um, things like Brene Brown or, you know, any of the leadership um, uh, theories that are out there, they are very Western. They all have come from a, a singular lens. And for me, leadership is very personal. Everybody has their own experience. Everybody has their own background, um, regardless of what race, ethnicity, what gender you come from, right? Everybody has a different perspective. So coaching and talking about leadership development for me becomes very personal in making the connection with people, right? If you're thinking about giving feedback, what does that mean for you in terms of how you create relationships with people and how you build that trust with people and, and really being able to use the words that feel comfortable for you and not the script that they gave you in some class. Um, so I do look at things like Brene Brown or other others. One um, a book that particularly uh, helped me to think about the leadership, the Latina leadership culture is a book called Authentico by another Dr. Rodriguez, Dr. Robert Rodriguez, who wrote a book on um, the different cultural aspects that really influence leadership. You know, how do all these things really apply to, to me and help me to, uh, to come into my own in, in the terms of my leadership journey? You are listening to Latinos Who Thrive. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by ETC, Escalante Training and Consulting. Do you need more sales and greater productivity? For more than two decades, Victor Escalante has been training executives and companies in cultural communications, team building processes, sales competency, emotional intelligence, and project management. Find out how ETC is ready to help you by visiting their website at victorescalante.com. And now we continue with our show, Latinos Who Thrive. So you recently completed a training for Latinas. Talk to us about that training and what uh, Latinas were able to get in that training. Oh, thank you for that. So I uh, collaborated with a few other uh, coaches and we did a week-long training um, where we focused on everything from um, career clarity. So that was really thinking about what is it, what do I really want out of my career and what's important to me? In that conversation, it's a couple of things, right? So you think about what you're good at and what you can technically, or what you're strong at but also what's really important to me and how do my values fit into the work that I want to do, right? So when you're when those two things are not aligned, um, it's not sustainable. The other side of that is what are my values, my personal values, and how does that align with the company that I'm working for or the type of work that I'm interested in? Because if you don't work for a company that you fit with, again, that long-term, that doesn't necessarily work out. No one ever um, succeeded doing something they hate or working at an organization that they hate because the politics, because of the, uh, the real, uh, the real mission that is many times unspoken and unwritten that is lived in the culture. Just this doesn't match the person's, uh, uh, personal goals or, or principles. I know I've worked in, in several capacities in corporate America 
And I refused. Uh, luckily for me, I was in a position that I could uh, I could make that choice uh, to refuse to do something that I was being uh, told to do uh, that just what didn't match with my personal uh, ethic, with my personal values mm -hmm. when it came to to taking care of the customer. I was very uh, customer centric uh, in a lot of my business practices. And they were more predatory, uh, asking me to take advantage of the customer's ignorance of the whole processes behind yeah. the scenes. And I developed a, a deep trust of my clients because I was very truthful with them and, and I was very successful. So uh, that gave me uh, some uh, leeway to get away with not following uh, strict orders and drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> But a lot of people don't mm -hmm. have that, that luxury. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if, if it does not feel right, then eventually it takes a toll on you. So, yes. Absolutely. All right. What else did the participants learn in this training from you? Oh, so the other pieces are we talked about the strategic networking. I mentioned that a few minutes ago where we talked about kind of the different levels and things that to think about as you're being intentional and creating and sustaining relationships. We also talked about salary negotiation, and that really leads into the self-advocacy piece and understanding your value and being able to communicate your value in ways that, again, don't feel weird for you because that's the other side of it, right? We might be able to, we might be able to create our checklist of all the things that we bring to the table, but then being able to talk about those in ways that don't feel gross or, you know, like uncomfortable for Let's you. Let's go there. Let's go there yeah. because uh, your comments take me to a time that I was offered a job and I was offered a set salary. And I said, no, I said, I will take twice as much uh, plus commission. And, and that's my baseline. Take it or leave it. They gave it to mm -hmm. me because I knew my go. value and what I brought to the table. What do you advise uh, uh, participants in your, in your courses? So I always, so start with creating your list, right? And I think that getting feedback in order to create that list is a place to start, right? If you're not comfortable on your own, writing down all of the things that you're good at and all the, you know, being able to identify all the things that you bring to the table, absolutely get feedback, whether you're, you're good at it or not. Because I think that a lot of times we have blind spots. We, um, there's those areas where we, naturally think that we're um these are just things that we're supposed to do because again as latinos we are raised to work hard so we expect these things um and we don't realize that other people see that as going as above and beyond so creating that that list is one thing the other side of it is being able to um identify what the impact of those things is that's where that's the piece where you really want to be able to communicate to whether you're looking for a promotion or you're looking to get hired or you're looking for the salary raise, being able to say, I can do this. And for you, that means X, Y, and Z, right? This is the impact that that's having um, for the company or for the team or for whatever, right? So when you talk about that value, that's the place where people can get hung up because uh, sometimes it feels like, oh, I can do this for you and you need me. But really, that conversation is, this is this is what I can do for you. This is how I'm helping you. So for some people who come from that lens 
sense of wanting to be of service or wanting to be helpful because that's how they were raised. Being able to have that conversation from the lens of this is how I'm helping the team. This is how I'm helping the broader organization and approaching it more from the sense of, um, of from a place of service, but knowing the, the service and the value that you're adding is can be um, can be important, right? So you just have to be able to number one, identify what it is, but then also identify the impact of what that thing is. All right, very good. Uh, what else did the participants learn in your class that is critical? It's like you must must learn this. Uh, I think the other piece is mindset. So the last bit was around um, just having that mindset of success um, and of knowing that it's okay to want more. Um, a lot of people that I speak with work through um, a certain, get to a certain point within their career where they feel comfortable. Um, and that is because they, sometimes people get to the point where as me, as an example, I reached a point in my career where I was already making three or four times what my parents make, right? So I'm the first person in corporate America in my family. I already had this salary that was significantly higher than anybody in my family. I was happy in my job. So to feel like I wanted more was, um, was hard for me because I'm like, I already have so much. How can I be so ungrateful for what I have? So being able to shift that mindset from I'm not grateful for what I have, even though I've come so far to I can do so much more and it's okay for me to want more is a big part of it. I'm in. Let's go there. So, <laughs> so you were listening to your inner critic saying, no te creas tanto. <laughs> okay. uh, sometimes, sometimes that's mom's voice uh, telling you not to mm -hmm. think too much of yourself. So how did you battle that inner critic? What did you do specifically to overcome that self-talk that was selling you to don't don't think so high of yourself. Just be content with where you are and be done. Oh, so aside from therapy, no, uh, um, but it is it is making sure that you're in the right convert. You're surrounding yourself with the right conversation, and that you're reminding self coaching and reminding yourself that it's okay to to want more. Um, in the sense that shifting that mindset is really about thinking about it from a different lens, right? So if you're having the conversation with people who have that mindset of you should be grateful for what you have, then you're going to feel that way, or you're going to be stuck in that space. Um, if you have conversations on a different level and you shift your perspective, it, it is really about making sure that you're very intentional about how you think about things, right? So it is not that you're ungrateful. It is that you are building on the legacy of your ancestors, right? If you are come from a family of immigrants, this is what they came for so that they were so that you they worked hard so that you could work hard so that you could achieve all of the things, right? You are not um, ungrateful. You are building on the legacy that people created the foundation for you with. Are you a first generation immigrant? So my family, uh, my grandma, my grandmother immigrated from Mexico. My she brought. Uh, several kids. My mom was uh, the second born here in the United States. Um, and then me. Oh, so, okay. And how has that influenced your trajectory in life? 
You know, it's been really interesting. I, uh, so I focus on Latinas and I work a lot around Latina leadership because that family was all women, right? My grandmother ended up being a single parent. She had all girls and one boy, the youngest was a male. Um, And so, and they all are very strong Latinas within their own space. Um, So growing up around that, it's kind of a little bit of a, of a oxymoron in the, in the way that we see that community. Cause it is still very um, male serving, but also very strong from the female perspective and, and knowing that we can be independent and do the things right. But there's still very, there's a lot of machismoism around it and, and all of that stuff. So it's just really interesting to see the dynamic there. How do you think the machismo mindset affects people and holds them back in corporate America? Ooh, I think that it plays into things around imposter syndrome, around hierarchy, especially when you work in male-dominated industries. Um, I think it also plays into things like um, when you are when you come into supervisory roles, um, the ability and the uh, the desire even to give, to do things like give feedback or to hold people accountable, um, you know, from a, from a Latina perspective, you have to be able to, um, stand in your, stand your ground in those spaces while also, um, not falling into, you know, the machismo space. Okay. Uh, tell us what authors, uh, have influenced your mindset. So I always, I love to look for uh, Latino authors and creators, right? So a couple of things um, that are really interesting to me right now, Cecilia Munoz, um, More Than Ready. I think this is a really good book around, she she talks about her journey um, throughout the government um, leadership spaces. I mentioned Authentico earlier. Yes, I had heard of that book from a uh, community activist that mm-hmm. said that she really was impacted by that book. Um, that is really good as well. Uh, another one is Intent to Impact. And this one is more, this one is a little bit of a cultural intelligence book. So it talks about um, inclusion and diversity and all of that good stuff, but it's really about how do you take those performative metrics and really do something with it. So if you're thinking about within your company, how do I have a conversation with my leaders about they have all of these metrics, but I don't see any change actually happening. I think this is a really good book to, to think about, um, you know, what that, how you really put those things into play. Um, A new one that came out, this is for people who are starting businesses and thinking about like entrepreneurship. So this is a Hefine training. It's a brand new book. Um, and it's really interesting because it kind of gives you, it's kind of a workbook también. So it talks about some of the theory or the kind of background, um, but it gives you spaces to really think through. It's kind of like a journal. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then I just love like hearing people's stories. So this one is um, Lead in Life. This is Dr. Lara Murillo. Sure, sure. Um, which I know you're familiar with. Yes. She's awesome. I, I met her. I met Laura, um, Dr. Murillo. Um, at U of H when I was an undergrad, she worked in the Center for Mexican-American Studies back in the day, many, many years ago. Um, so she's, yeah, come a long way. All right. You have a group uh, mentoring program coming up. Tell us about that. Yeah. 
I do. So I have a group coaching program coming up. We're starting at the end of July. Um, and so group coaching is a good um, entry level, entry way into coaching. If you've never done one-on-one coaching before, or if you're interested in um, working within community to um, hear other people's perspectives, I think it's a great way to meet people from other companies and just to understand and hear other people's um, stories on how they're approaching things and whatnot. So the way it works is we have a group of about 10 people, um, different companies, different, um, all within kind of the same space within their career. So we have an early career and a more of a mid-career senior career um, group. Um, and we talk about different topics throughout the different weeks. It is a 10-week program uh, or a 10-session program, should I say, we meet every other week. And um, yeah, it's a great place to create community and have these conversations comfortably. Tell us five takeaways that people need to really, really understand or do a deeper dive into for them to thrive and succeed in their business or in their uh, career uh, climb. Okay. Um, Number one, know yourself from all aspects and don't be afraid to get real with yourself. Um, Be vulnerable. I think that that's can be hard for people. Um, number two, be able to talk about yourself in the sense of add value and the impact that you have. So knowing what that conversation looks like. Um, and then number three, I would say be um, know your community and the spaces that you are creating for yourself and being very intentional about that. You use the word a lot intentional. Tell us what that means. Tell us what that means. I know what it means, but tell us, tell us what that means to you. What does it mean to me? I, um, I know a lot of people who go with the flow, especially um, for people who are either going through a leadership program or trying to figure out their careers and you know, it's kind of like whatever the company tells me to do, I'm going to do it or because, you know, they know better, but I think nobody knows you like, you know, yourself um, because they mean something and because you know, the chain of events that, or what it's going to impact after that is important. If you're doing it just to do it for, because it's on some checklist somewhere, or because you read it in a book somewhere, that doesn't necessarily mean that it applies to your situation. So really thinking about why am I doing the things I'm doing and how does it really connect to where I want to go in life, I think is super important. It's also a very esoteric term because uh, when you set an intention, that cuts off other options, that cuts off other energies, and it makes you uh, very laser focused to get your objective. So I was just curious how you defined it. All right. So what else is left? Yeah. Um, So when I I mentioned earlier around uh, know yourself. So I I think that the other side of that is don't find ways that feel comfortable to show up as yourself and not have to shift who you are or how you show up for different spaces that you're in. Absolutely. That's the recipe to avoid mental illness because you (laughs) show up to work or or to a certain uh, business space 
as someone other than who you are, then uh, that's going to create an inner schism. That's going to create inner conflict and incongruency, even in execution of whatever strategy that, that you are setting out to, to accomplish. All right. Any final words, uh, Dr. Rodriguez? leave your mark and change the world. That, we all have the opportunity to do that in small ways. You that's a big the one. Whole world, but yeah. yeah. If, if uh, Steve Jobs wanted to put a ding in the universe, by all means, it's like, what's stopping you from exactly. you leaving your mark in, in the world and leaving a legacy or creating a legacy and uh, giving uh, a hand up to the next generation that's going to, to follow you because teachers are forever. Teachers pass on the lessons, and they pass on the important uh, principles that people need for leadership and for advancing and thriving in our, in our communities. Well, Dr. Rodriguez, uh, it's been a pleasure having you, and we look forward uh, to, oh, one final thing is like you have a special offer for uh, listeners of our program. I do. I do. So uh, for people who are interested in the group coaching program, so you can reach me on um, Instagram at Elevate Latinas or on LinkedIn, um, Melanie Rodriguez, PhD, or... Um, and we'll have all your information yeah. in the show notes. Yes. So reach out to me if you're interested in the, um, in the group coaching program. And for listeners from your podcast, if they mention the podcast, then they will receive a, a 50% discount into the... Um, coaching program. Awesome. There you have it, folks. There's no reason for you not to sign up for this uh, awesome uh, coaching program. We look forward to, to your continued success, Dr. Rodriguez. And thank you for all who are listening to us on this uh, new episode. And send us uh, any feedback to Victor at victorescalante.com or leave us a review. You know you like this and you know that we're helping you. So uh, get the word out, help someone else and share the podcast. Until next time, we will see you. Thank you.